You all should rejoice that God is a way maker, light in the darkness. And I've been meditating on that song all week as I'm praying and studying and meditating and worshiping. And it just brings a lot of peace, a lot of comfort. It helps me to not worry knowing that even when I don't feel it, God is working. And sometimes we kind of operate on a feeling. God does not operate on a feeling. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't even walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we feel. We don't walk by our emotions. Even when you and I don't feel it, God is at work. So I've been meditating on that song. I would recommend you add it to your, your playlist as well. It's just a beautiful reminder not to worry, not to be stressed out. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid is what Jesus Christ told us. And it's just a great, a great scripture and a great song to stand on, especially during these current times. So as we go over a few announcements, I just want to uh, continue, as always, to say thank you for your giving. Um, just such a blessing. It allows us to bring the gospel uh, at least twice a week. Uh, we do things, other things during the week. We have missionaries that are working. Uh, nonstop, 24-7, all around the world, all around the country. And because of uh, a medium like, um, uh, like uh, Zoom and, and Facebook Live and live streaming and podcasts, the gospel is going forth 24-7 with your help, with your giving, with the resources that God has given us. So be encouraged and know that uh, lives are being touched and lives are being transformed all around the world through South Bay Abundant Life Church. And, and a large part of that is because you're giving and we have the resources to do uh, great things for God, and not only here at Long Beach, but throughout the country. So if you're giving from your desktop, <clears throat> just go to South Bay, um, southbayalc.com, press the giving icon, proceed accordingly from your phone, uh, go to southbayalc.com, and then push the three bars, select giving and give accordingly. And if you're writing a check, you wanna mail it in, uh, make it payable to South Bay Abundant Life Church, SBALC, 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279. That's 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279. And that is Long Beach, California, 90807. I want to invite you all to attend Bible study with us. It has been really powerful. We're doing something kind of cool We're based on uh, second uh, Samuel 22, uh, we've kind of written our own song, our own psalm. David wrote a, a song, a psalm, after he had been delivered from his enemies and Saul. So we just kind of put it into words what God has done for us. Um, and some of us will share this, um, this Wednesday night. But in addition to that, we're finishing the book of 2 Samuel. And so we'll be in chapter 24. So Come along with us on the journey through the word. It is it's powerful. It's, it's transformative. Lives are being changed through the word of God. Sunday and Wednesday and we sit down. It's interactive. It is a beautiful time in the word of God. So make a note. Second Samuel chapter 24, uh, the last chapter uh, in Samuel in second Samuel. So we've gone all the way from Genesis to second Samuel. And then uh, next Wednesday, we'll be starting chapter one in first Kings. It is an exciting time in the word of God. You'll see the grace of God all throughout the Old Testament, right up to where we are now. Um, and then if you would be so kind to give us the privilege to pray for you, just send in your prayer requests. 
uh, your prayer needs at life at southbayalc.com, life at southbayalc.com. And so those are announcements for today. Um, let's go ahead and, and open up in prayer. Also make a note, next week is Communion Sunday. It is September already. Next Sunday will be September 6th, the ninth month of the year. God be with us, continue to be with us. God said he'll never leave us or forsake us. God be with us as we continue through this most interesting, unprecedented year. And so next week, uh, Sunday is Communion Sunday. So please, um, Make sure you have your juice or your wine, your crackers, however you take communion in the comfort of your own home. And remember, it's not a show. It's about our heart being connected to God and our hearts being reminded what Jesus Christ did for us 2020 years ago. And we need to be reminded with so much noise going on today. We need to be reminded. So be prepared for communion next Sunday. And uh, we're thankful that God would allow us to be reminded each and every first Sunday what Christ has done for us. Amen. Uh, so let's pray and then we'll go ahead and get into the word. Lord, we thank you. We love you and we bless you. Lord, we need your word. God, speak to us through your word. God, speak loud and clear. God, comfort our hearts, comfort our minds with your word. Reassure us, God. Let our faith continue to be built that we trust you like never before, God, that our foundation is the word of God a foundation that never fades away, a foundation that we can stand on as David decreed and, de and declared the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my shield, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, all found in the word of God. So God, we just ask that you be all that to us because we need it, God. Speak to our hearts. We open our hearts to receive what you are speaking to your body today. Give us instruction. Give us your wisdom. Give us revelation that leads to transformation. Bless your people to hear. Holy Spirit, you lead and guide and direct. Teach us this morning. We need you. Bring to our remembrance all the things you've said unto us, Lord. And we thank you for it. And we bless you, Lord, right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family, open your physical Bibles. Notice how I put it. Open your Bibles to Psalms 119, 103. Psalms 119, 103. As we continue our journey through the words, the Good Shepherd singing suicide and salvation, and then based on Acts 16, uh, 30, I believe it's 32, where Paul and Silas gave the jailer the word. So we're looking at the word that Paul and Silas gave the jailer to transform his life and led to salvation for his entire family. So we've been studying the word. Last week we talked about um, Psalms 119.93 and where, Paul, where David was saying that the word of God makes him alive. It's given him life. So the question to us was, what do we live for? What makes us alive? And the foundation has to be the word of God because everything else fades away. The word of God never fades away. It is great to have family and friends and loved ones and spouse and kids. But we have to. The word of God is, is what we need to make us alive is what we live for is our foundation because everything else fades away. And unfortunately, people die and they transition. But the word of God never. So that's why uh, David said that he's. He'll never forget the word of God because it gives him life. 
So never forget, I know we all had a challenging week. Most of us had a challenging week, so much going on. Um, but because of the word of God that gives us life and it's our foundation, it keeps us alive. It keeps us refreshed. It keeps us renewed in God every day and we need it every day. Then we looked at Psalms uh, 119, 97. And um, that's where David was said, how he, how he loves the word of God and how he meditates on it day and night. So I want to ask you, did you meditate on the word day and night last week? Or did you get distracted and let other things come in like worry and, and stress and fear and insecurity? Uh, meditate on the word. We also looked at uh, Philippians 4 and 8, and it told us how to meditate, what to think about things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely, things that have a good report, virtuous things, praiseworthy things. Think about them. Meditate on that, family. Fight to keep your mind solid. Keep it sound. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have a sound mind as you and I meditate on the word of God. Keep your mind sound. It's a lot of stuff going on today. Continue to meditate on the word of God. And so then we pick up the, the dialogue on the word of God this morning. Psalms 119, 103, and 104. Psalms 119, 103. How sweet is your words. Unto my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Make a note, underline that how sweet is God's word. God's word is sweet, family. Uh, and when you look at the, uh, the word sweet, uh, it's, it's just pleasant and it's good. God's word at all times, in, 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 despite the circumstances and the situation, God's word doesn't change. Sweet. And then here is the word that that Paul is talking about. Remember, we're talking about that prescribed task and 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 portion and appointment and the prescribed limit and boundary in the set time. This it, the, the word is the is the precept It's the prescription It's the purpose and plan that God has for your life. That purpose and plan is still sweet. Even when life becomes, hear me now, God's word is sweet. The purpose and plan God has for your life is still sweet. Even when life becomes sour, bitter, or bumpy. God's word is still sweet, family. Make a note of that. Uh, in, in, in this life, you will experience the flavors of life. Somebody say, amen. In life, you experience the various flavors. But God's word is sweet, even when life becomes sour, bitter or bumpy, God's word is sweet all the time. That's why it has to be our foundation. Even when 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 life becomes a little salty, uh, God's word is sweet. Uh, my mom used to tell us, why, why are you walking around with your lip poked out? Uh, that's what God is probably saying to his saints. Why? The word is sweet. You know why it's, we're walking around as saints with, with a bad attitude and, and, a, and a wrong perspective and our, and our lip poked out? It's because we're not getting into the sweetness of the word. We're not meditating on the word daily. 
And then we're getting distracted by all the other stuff that's going on in the world and our lips poked out and our disposition has changed because we forgot about our position in God. We forgot about the purpose, the plan, the prescribed task and portion and appointment, limits, boundaries, and the set time that God has for our life. But God's word is sweet all the time. Remember, we talked about it earlier. Remember, make a note of it. Philippians 4, 8. And stop doubting and, and thinking about the what ifs. You, you, you're spending too much time preoccupied with, 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 with doubts and fear and insecurity because we, we, we tend to forget how sweet God's word is because we're not meditating on it. And I have to say to, um, to those of us that are, that are Christians, the word can't only be sweet when life is sweet. It can't. The word is sweet all the time. Make a note. What is it? Psalms uh, 119.89. The word has already been established in heaven. It's settled. And the word is sweet. It's established in heaven. It's not going to change. It's not going to fade away. And as Christians, we can't only stand on God's word when it's sweet, when, when life circumstances are sweet. We have to stand on the sweetness of God's word even in the sours and saltiest of time. And, and, and I, I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to say it again. For, for some reasons, Christians have a problem with the word of God when life becomes bitter. And family, as long as we live, we are going to experience the different flavors of life. But the word doesn't change. That's why we should be meditating on it daily to be refreshed, renewed, renovated in our minds because bitter and sour and salty and bumpy situations happen all the time. And, and, it, and it just amazes me as I'm talking to Christians, solid Christians who are telling me when, when life gets bitter, and they want to tell me I don't need a bunch of scripture right now. I beg to differ. You do. That's the sweetness of the word. Even in death, when someone dies, which we know is one of the toughest things ever to deal with. We've all dealt with it. But the sweetness of God's word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's sweet. That's a reminder. And so here we are. And, and, and Christians, we got to get get our minds right. Because just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they were in the fire, when they were in the toughest of situations, when it was heated up seven times hotter than ever before, people were watching, wanting to see what is their God going to do for them in the midst of the fire. And they saw three people go in and they looked and they were astonished because four was in the fire because God was with them. And if you don't know how to stand on the sweetness of God's word when life gets bitter, you're going to look like a fake and a fraud and a phony. God can't only be sweet when life is sweet. The word of God is sweet at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. That's what David is saying right here. You can't be a fair weather Christian. The storm is here. People are watching. Now it's time to stand on the sweetness of God's word. And you're telling me, you know, I don't need a bunch of scripture right now. I know what the Bible says. Well, if you know what it says, it says God's word is sweet. So stop getting stop getting upset. Change your position and your disposition. Put your lip back in. Stand on the word of God, on the sweetness of God's word. 
Because when it was going well, when you got the promotion, you're walking around talking about, I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, God can do exceedingly abundantly. It just can't be sweet when life is sweet. You're walking around talking about favor ain't fair, which isn't biblical. That's another message for another time. God's favor has always come through obedience when you study the word of God. Look at it. But you're talking about all this, all these cliches and God is good. And then when life gets bitter, you don't want to hear the word. Come on, family. We got to do better than that. We have to be much more mature than that. Even when life is bitter, you're still blessed and highly favored. And God is with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. David, the psalmist says, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God is always there. God said, I'll be with you low until the end of the age. I am with you. That's sweetness in the midst of tough times that we all have to deal with. And then the word even says it was good that I was afflicted. It was good that I was humiliated. That's the sweetness of God's word. It's good that you're going through. Because then you can learn to trust God and stop depending on all this man-made garbage. So it's always sweet, even when life is salty and sour. We can't live by the word when the sun is shining and then operate, it, and then operate according to the flesh when you get into a sour situation. Let me say that again. We can't live by the word when the sun is shining and life is sweet and then flip the script and start operating according to the flesh and the carnal mind when life brings us a storm. We got to stand on the word of God. We have to continue to seek God, meditate on his word daily. Family, you got to write it down. God has a purpose and plan for your life. The statutes, the word is a prescription. You can't forget that. Uh, make a note. What is that? Psalms uh, 119, 93. I will never forget your precepts. God, I will never. Psalms 119, 93. Make an, I will never forget the purpose and plan that you have for my life. It's what makes me alive. And, and life situations and circumstances want to beat us up. You and I make us forget that. That's why we got to meditate daily on the word of God. And then when life gets sour, we have to operate according to Galatians 5.22, which are the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance, which is self-control, gentleness. That's how we operate. Even when life is sour, that's our blueprint on how to live according to the fruit of the spirit. And then we show love according to 1 Corinthians 13. Even when life is sour, the word doesn't change. Our love shouldn't change. The way we treat someone shouldn't change. Whether our bank account is full or don't even have a bank account or ain't seen one in years, it shouldn't change how you treat people. Paul said, I've, I've learned to be content wherever I am. I can have everything and have nothing and you'll never know by how I speak to you or how I treat you because I'm standing on the sweetness of God's word and I'm walking with God according to the Holy Spirit of God and according to the love of God. It doesn't change, family. It doesn't change. That's why David says, I love the sweetness 
In verse 103, how sweet are your words unto my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey to the mouth. It's sweeter than anything that we could ever compare it to, the sweetness of God's word. And then he takes us a little bit deeper when we get to 104, uh, uh, Psalms 119, 104. Look at the next verse. And I'm going to ask my Facebook family to go ahead and push that share button now. You, we're going deep, but not complicated. You want to share this. You want to share this with your friends and your family. Psalms 119, 104. He says, through your precepts. Listen to that. Through God's word, right? And the precepts, the prescription, through the prescribed plan, purpose, task, limits, boundaries, portion, and through the set time. What? Listen to what? Through that, I get understanding. Through knowing, because I know that God has a purpose and plan for my life, I can discern the deception. That's the getting understanding. I can discern what's going on in life. Through God's word allows us to discern what's happening in life. Um, by meditating on God's word, it gives you wisdom. It gives you insight how to lead your life and what's really going on, what's real and what's make believe. That's why if you don't study God's word, you listen to a lot of different opinions and conspiracy theories and voices. And you're all over the place because you don't have a foundation. Look at what David says. 104, through your precepts, through the word of God. And the prescripts, the prescripts, the prescription that God has for my life, the purpose and plan, I'm able to discern. Then he says, look at that. And because I can discern, I hate every false way. I hate every false prophet. I hate every false idol. I, I hate every counterfeit road that the enemy is trying to tempt me on to get me off track from staying on the purpose and plan that God has for my life. Let me say that again. David says, because I know your word, because I meditate on your word, because I'm in the word, because I'm studying the word, because I'm living the word, I'm able to get discernment. I get insight. I'm able to discern the deception. And I hate, right? I'm disgusted with every false prophet that's out there, false religion that's out there, false idols that's out there, and every counterfeit road that leads to destruction, that leads to nowhere. David said, I hate it. And this is the only time as a Christian I'm giving you uh, permission to be a hater. When you hate the false way, when you, when you hate the lies and the deception of the enemy that, that keeps our friends and our families in bondage to stuff and to things and to drugs, and to sex, and to lies, and, every, and, and alcohol, and all the other false ways that the enemy tries to make them think is the way to go. I hate that. I'm with David. I, I hate the deception. I hate the false religions that lead to nowhere, that lead to hell. I hate them. And because I'm into God's word, the true and living God, the true and living word, it gives you and I discernment so we can discern the deception. And see that that's a, a, a false road to be on. So important to be on, be in the word so you can discern the deception of the false roads and the false ways. David says, I hate the false prophets and the false idols and the counterfeit roads. Way is a, the way right there. Underline the word way in uh, verse 104. The false way. Uh, false is deceptive. False means deceptive. Uh, fraud, lies, it's wrong, 
It's deceitful, it's a liar, it's vain, and it's a disappointment. David said, I hate all the disappointing, and way is the road. It's the race, it's actually a race too, write that down, it's a race, it's a path, it's a, it's a journey, it's a manner, it's a conduct, conduct, and it's a lifestyle which leads somewhere. David said, I, I, I hate all that. The false ones, the fake ones, the fraudulent ones. Uh, and I see people getting, I hate seeing people get caught up in the symptoms and not addressing the root of rebellion. Uh, or people existing and not living, just existing in systemic sin and pointing fingers at each other. When our problem really is with God and not with people. <laughs> I, I've said it for the last three weeks. Our God is not with our, our problem is not with God. It's with people. I'm sorry. Our problem is not with people. It's with God. And let me make that clear because God told us to love our love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But then he also commanded us to love our enemies and pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you. Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me daily. The, the word of God says esteem others higher than yourself. And in society, everybody's trying to to get an edge on, on on somebody based on whether how much money they have or even the color of their skin. And it's a false way. It, it, it doesn't lead to to life. It leads to death. And David said, I, I, I hate the false way. I hate it that people are caught up in all kind of stuff that leads to nowhere. We refuse to love our enemies. We refuse to pray for folks that despitefully use and persecute us. We refuse to die, deny ourselves. We refuse to esteem others higher than ourselves. And, and family, it's just, it just gets really deep as we see everything that's going on in our society today. And we hate, and people hate each other because of the color of their skin and how they look. It's totally contradictory to scripture, and it just shows the ignorance of, of people when they follow the wrong road. And that's why David said he hates the, the, the wrong road, the false way. Let me just show you quickly, just for your own, for those of us, if we're believers, <laughs> turn with me to uh, Genesis 9 and 18. Family, look at this. If we're believers, Look, look how deep and, and simple the word is at the same time. Genesis 9 and 18. If, if people don't believe in the Bible, then I, they, say we, they say we came from somewhere else. I don't know. But we know what the word of God says that's been established and settled in heaven. And, and last time I checked, we're all the human race. Um, <laughs> so... If we're all humans, why are we hating and killing each other other than the false roads that we're on that lead you into destruction and hating someone? Uh, Genesis 9:18. And the sons of Noah that went forth out of the out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. These, look at verse 19, these are the three sons of Noah and of them which them was the whole earth populated. Let me say it again. The, God brought the flood in, started with Adam and Eve. Mankind was out of control. You can read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 
six. God wiped them out because every thought was evil continually is what the word says. Then God started over with Noah's three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the whole world is populated through Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the word teaches. So some kind of way they populated the, the entire world, which makes us all related, which means we've come from one family, three brothers in one family, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And you can do the research on the family of Shem where they went, the family of Ham where they went, the family of she, uh, Japheth where they went. You, it's, it's all documented. So then we're all related. I mean, it was, so if we're all related, why am I hating on you? Because some, somewhere down the line, we're all family. I mean, it just shows the ignorance of society who don't even know their biblical history. And as Christians, there's no place in the body to hate our own family <laughs> because we're all related. We come from three people. Um, I remember growing up and I had sort of a big family it was eight kids, uh, six boys, two girls. And, and mom and dad made it clear. You never fight your brother. And, you know, in a big family, especially a, a big family in, uh, uh, in a two bedroom house and uh, poor. We didn't know it because we had so much love. We didn't know that we were poor. Um, but you get in each other's way <laughs> quite often. But you don't fight your brother. You have disagreements, but you don't hate your brother or your sister. You don't try and kill them. You don't despise them. So here we are. We're all family according to the word of God. If, if we could live according to the word of God, the world would transform overnight. Just the basic principles and practicality that we're all related and you don't fight and you don't hate your family and you love your neighbor as yourself. And when you have disagreements, you still pray for those that you don't even agree with. So make a note is it's it's we see the deception of that's why that's why David is saying I hate every I hate the false way. I hate these false prophets out here. I hate these false religions that's out here. I hate the false roads that's out here and it, and it gets deeper family. Let's let's take a quick journey to. Um, to Matthew 7 and 13, I'm, I'm going to show you something. Go on and push that share button. I'm going to share something with you that you 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 probably missed out of all the times you read this. I'm going to share something with you that you, you probably missed before. Matthew 7 and 13. And it's still in the same vein as the road, the way. Uh, Matthew 7 and 13 in your Bible, it should be in red because this is Jesus speaking. So David's not speaking now, although he said Jesus is saying the same thing that David is saying. But this is Jesus talking now. And he says, enter verse 13. He says, enter, which means in the Hebrew, I'm sorry, in the Greek and the Aramaic, Aramaic enter means go through. Go through the straight, the narrow, difficult opening the narrow, difficult gate for wide. Here's the contrast for wide is a gate and broad is the what the way. Same thing, the same way. Listen, make a note. Way means uh, 
road, it means race, or race as in you're running a race, um, path, journey, manner, how you live, conduct, lifestyle, and a road that leads to either life or death. And lead means it will carry you away. Enter you in the narrow, difficult gate, and by contrast, for wide, wide way, it's broad, it's very big, the gate, and broad is the, is the way, the road, that leads to destruction, and many, underline many. So Jesus is saying it's going to be many on that broad road. So when you see a bunch of folks doing stuff, that doesn't mean it's, it's your race, right? He said, he said the road is just like a race. And if any of you run, ran track, I know my brother Jerry is a, is a track coach. And, and Jerry, this is what God is saying. Jesus is saying, I'm training you. I'm preparing you for a marathon. I'm preparing you for a cross-country marathon, but you continue to run in a 100-yard dash. Jesus is saying, you've been running the wrong, you're on this broad road that's leading to destruction, and it's not even your event. It's not even your race. I'm not telling you not to go out and protest. And I, I said, make, I'm saying, make sure, and you ask God that you're running the right race. See, I'm not an activist. I'm not a politician. I'm a pastor, and I'm giving you the word of God. That's all I have to offer you. You better make sure when you get outside your house, wherever you're going, make sure you're competing in the right event. Make sure you're on the right road that's leading to, to life. It's a narrow, difficult road. Stay off that broad road. I don't care who's on it because it's leading to destruction. It's leading to I wrote down destruction so we'll be clear on what destruction is. It's, it's leading to waste and loss. You're getting ready to lose everything because you're on the wrong road. You're participating in the wrong event and you're wasting your time on the wrong road because you don't know the word of God. And this is Jesus' words. Argue with Jesus. Don't argue with me. So here we are. Look what he says. Let me read it again. Go through at the narrow, difficult, that's what straight means, it's narrow and difficult. And anybody who's really living this Christian life will tell you it's the toughest thing that we've ever done. Because your flesh tells you to do all kinds of stuff. You see stuff, you get mad, you hear stuff, you get mad, and you want to go off and you want to act a fool. And your spirit says, calm down. Give them the gospel because that's the only thing that's going to save their soul. And your soul is a part of you that does not dissolve when you die. Your body's going to go back to the ground and your soul's going to either go to eternity in paradise with Christ or it's going separated from Christ in hell. And that's what he's talking about. You got a choice. You got two roads. Stay on that narrow, difficult one. And if you're saying, Pastor, I agree, it's difficult being a Christian. Amen. You're on the right road. And stay in the word of God so you stay on that road. And don't you get distracted and start participating in an event, running a race that's not even your event. Because you're wasting your time and you're going to lose. And that's the word of God. Oh, it gets better. You want to push that share button? Enter ye at the straight, now difficult gate. Because on the flip side, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many, underline many, because we're coming back to that, many. And many means a lot. There be which go in there. There's many on the on the wrong road. You look on TV, you see a bunch of people walking and all that. Just ask yourself, wow, I wonder if they're on the right road. 
I wonder if they're competing in the event that God has for them. See, that's why we get back to the purpose. See, it's a prescribed task and portion and purpose and limit and boundary and appointment and a set time. And when you're looking at all this stuff going on in society, say, I wonder if they're operating according to their set time. I wonder if they're in, in operating under the limits and the boundaries and the portion and the task that God has them uh, planned for them according to their life, according to the word of God. And because there's many who's out there that's just wasting their time and their loss. And it looks like they're doing the right things, but it's not even their race. I, I played a little basketball and, and, and all that. And, 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 and I'm playing three on three with God saying, you should be playing full court right now. <laughs> and God is saying, not only that, I need a full court press from, from, from basket to basket. We're pressuring the ball. And I'm playing one-on-one. -on -one. I'm playing, God, say, I don't care if you win because you lost because you're not even playing the right game. See, what they say, uh, we're, we're walking around playing chess and Satan's playing, oh no, we're walking around playing checkers and Satan's playing a strategic game of chess. We're in the wrong game. We're in the wrong event. And then we walk around frustrated. We walk around disappointed. We're wasting our time and eventually we're going to lose. And then you know what? Because of my frustration, because I'm on the wrong road. And remember, my problem is not with people. My problem is with God. And because I'm on the wrong road and I'm wasting my time and I'm losing, I walk around frustrated and angry and I take it out on people that are close to me. And see, it's not the people it's because I refuse to walk on that narrow, difficult road that God has already prescribed and planned for my life to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone that I encounter. I want to get into my own thing. I want to start pointing fingers. I forget that we all created by God, but we're not all children of God. We make that distinguish, distinguishment. We are not all children of God. When you accept Jesus Christ, when you're born again, then you come into the family of God. Other than that, you're really on the wrong road. You're, you're running, you've been running the wrong race. You're not even part of the family. So we're all created by God, but we're not all children of God. And we're not all going to the same place. Because right here we got two roads, two distinct roads that people are on. And you're walking next to people and you're hanging out with people and, and you're supposed to be on one road and they're on another road. And where are you going? You're, you're wasting your time and eventually you're going to lose. If you're in relationship with anybody, how can the word says, how can any walk, how can any uh, two walk together unless they agree? If, if you're with someone and they're on a different road and they're going this way, you're going that way, physically, mentally, spiritually, literally and figuratively, you, you're, you're, you're not on the same road. All right, let me keep going. Look at verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow or difficult is the way which leads unto life. Underline that the narrow, difficult road is the way that leads to life. And then look what he says. Few. There's only a few that's going to be there that find it. Everybody talking about heaven is not going. <laughs> underline many and underline few. We're not all the same. As far as our eternal destination. We got the many versus the few. We got the broad road with many and the few which are on the narrow, difficult road. And this is what I wanted to share with you that you probably missed. Soon as, soon as Jesus shares this, 
Look at verse 15. Look what he says in the next phrase. And you probably never put the two together. He says, beware of false prophets. That's why David said, I hate the false way. Because the false way, the false prophets, the false religion, the counterfeit roads is what keeps people on the broad road that leads to destruction. Jesus just explained there's this big road that's leading nowhere, that's wasting your time that you're going to lose. And he says, you know why? Because the false prophets and the false religions and the counterfeit people that are out there telling you all kind of stuff that's contrary to the word of God. It's, it's no surprise. And, and listen, folks, um, we got to stand the word of God. That's the only thing that's, that's truly going to be our foundation. Uh, election is not going to change anything. A vote's not going to. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. It's, it's not. As far as spiritually speaking, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the road that you're on. If you're on the wrong road, get on the right road and then make sure you vote. Make sure, number one, that your foundation is solid in Jesus Christ. Because if you're playing the wrong, the wrong game, you're participating in the wrong event. It doesn't matter whether you vote or not because you're going somewhere that's wasting your time and you're going to lose anyway. Even if you win, you, even if you think you win, you've lost because you're on the wrong road. That's why David said, the more I get into your word, I'm able to discern the deception. And we have to be able to discern the deception of the false road and the false prophets. Otherwise, we'll be going somewhere that's taking us nowhere. God help us this morning. Beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inside they are savage wolves. Be careful who you're allowing to speak into your life. Get into this word, because if it doesn't line up with the word, then you know it's not of God. But if you don't know the word, you have nothing to compare it to. And you'll stay on the road that looks good and sounds good and talks good and smells good, but it's the broad road and you're gonna lose and you're wasting your time. Enough time has been wasted with the false road and the broad road that leads to destruction. Look at verse 21 and make a point of this. Jesus says, not everyone that says to me, look who they're saying it to. You're gonna stand before Jesus and you're gonna have to answer to Jesus. When you transition, when you die, Jesus is saying, not everyone that says to me because Jesus is the judge. And you're not gonna argue with Jesus about how rough your life was because he's gonna be judging you. He's gonna have the nail, the nail marks, the, the spear in his side when he was crucified. And he went through and he died for your sins while you and I were yet sinners, he died for us. And he was innocent. And we've done everything and anything we wanted to. And then we're going to stand before him and point our finger in his face. It's not going to happen like that. He says, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, when they stand before me is going to enter into the kingdom. It's not going to happen. You're not going to manipulate your way in. You have to go in by humbling yourself and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus says, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those that that does, that's practicing in the midst of our struggles, we're still practicing to live for God. I'm struggling, but every day I'm meditating, I'm studying, I'm trying to show love and kindness and grace and mercy. Every day I'm trying my best to meditate on this word and apply it to my life. And let my light shine. He said, that's what you need to be doing. Only those that are doing that, the will 
uh, the will of God, the purpose of God. And the will means the word of God, the precepts, it's the same word precept, but those that are that are living within the prescribed task portion. Look how it comes all back together. Jesus said those that are practicing the prescribed task, purpose, portion, limits, boundaries, appointment and set time that I prescribed for them. Those are the one that's getting into heaven. Those are the ones that's connected to me. Those are the ones, the ones whom our heart is connected with. He's going to say that in just a minute. Verse 21, underline it, put a star by it. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those that are practicing the, the prescript, the prescript and the, the purpose of my father, which is in heaven. Uh oh, here we go. Verse 22, underline many. Because those same many that's on the road is the same many that's right here. Trying to talk about all the great things they did, but they're on the wrong road. They're participating in the wrong race. They're participating in the wrong event. And they're going to try and say, but I did this and I did that. And, I, and he's going to say, no. You wasted your time. You lost. You were on the wrong road. You participated in the wrong event. I'm trying to prepare you for a life of a marathon, a cross-country marathon, and you insist on running the 100-yard dash and trying to sprint. He says, no, it doesn't work like that. You got to line up with the word. The word doesn't line up with what we want to do. We have to line up with what God has already called and planned for us to do. God created us with something specific in mind, and when we get into the word, then we're open to that. Then we see it. Then we get the wisdom of God and then we follow God and we do the will of God. But he says many, underline many, the same many that's on that road. In verse 13. Family, it, it is too much going on in the world today. Remember, I'm not an activist. I'm not a politician. I'm a pastor. I got to give you the word. It's so much going on in the world today. You better make sure you following the, the prescribed plan and task and purpose and will that God has for your life. You make sure you're meditating on this word day and night, getting the wisdom of God so you stay in the will and the plan of God for your life. Don't get out on the wrong road and get caught up in something and lose and waste your time and get hurt. And you're not even on the right road. And you're upset with people because you refuse to humble yourself and follow the will, the will of God for your life. Verse 22, many will say to me, ha <laughs> to who? To Jesus. <laughs> know who you're going to stand in front of. And you're not going to be able to tell him you don't know what it's like to be betrayed, to be stabbed in the back, to be killed. He says, actually, I do. It was by my own people who I died for, and I still forgave them. But you refuse to receive me. And that's why it's saying many will say to me in that day, Lord, look at all the great things we have prophesied in your name and your name. I've cast out devil and your name done many wonderful works. Verse 23. And then I will profess. I will promise them. Look, that word profess means promise. I will. Jesus said, man, I promise you, I don't know you. Jesus is saying, look, you are there. You're there talking about all you did. Jesus said, man, I promise I don't know you. I've never I've never met you. Jesus said that we never hung out. We never spent time. I don't know. Whatever you did, you was on the wrong road doing your own thing. And that word profess, I love it. In the Greek, Hebrew, I mean, in the Greek and Aramaic, he says, I promise. Jesus is going to go, you going to say all you got to say. And Jesus is going to say, I promise. And people have told you that before. Hey, don't you know such and such? Man, I promise you, I don't know that dude. 
But I promise you, I don't know. No, I promise you that ain't my boy. No, that's not my girl. No, I promise you that. Jesus, look what Jesus is going to tell you, folks. Oh, God, help us. Jesus is going to say, I promise you, I don't know you. That's a sad day, family. Get off the wrong road. Run to Jesus Christ this morning. This is the word of God. This is not past. This is the word of God. That's all I can give you. Let me, let me, 23. And then I will promise them, man, I, I never, and I looked up the, 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 the translation for never. Never means never. Jesus saying, I never knew you. And then when you look up the word new, right, it means to know intimate, to spend time, quality time, to be intertwined. It it's even speaks of like a husband and wife where you're that close, where, where you go to bed together, you wake up together. Jesus said, we ain't never did that. Jesus said, we ain't, we ain't never hung out. Uh, what do you call it? In the back in the old day, your ace boon coon or whatever. Your, your, your boy, your girl, your, Jesus said, we were never like that. You never shared your heart with me. Uh, we, we were never intimate. We never spent quality time. Couples, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are in a big argument now because you don't spend enough time and your, your spouse is telling you, I don't really even, I don't, we don't, we've drawn, we've drifted apart. I don't even know you. I promise you I don't know who you are. But we live together and we, I promise you, you've been on the wrong road. You can be on, this, on different roads in, this, in the same marriage and someone will promise you, I don't know you. So don't you fool yourself thinking God knows you, Right? Oh, I know God. That's, that's not the point. See, folks are lying to themselves. Oh, I know God. Me and God are cool. And Jesus is going to tell you, I promise you I don't know you. You ain't never been on the road. How, how's your relationship with God? Oh, yeah, we good. Trust me, Jesus is telling you right now, I never knew you. I don't know you. I promise you we ain't never hung out. I don't know what God, what false, that's why David hates the false gods and the false idols and the false way. Because when you stand before God, Jesus is going to promise you. I never knew you. And, and, and family as Christians, we got to hate what God hates. Hate all this false stuff out here. Get into the word. Share the word. You don't want your family and friends and relatives and loved ones standing before God fooling themselves. All right, let me finish this up. And, and see, this is, this is how the conversation, people say, well, how do you know if you're, you're, you're intimate with God? How do you know if you're connected? It, the, the conversation goes like this. Um, uh, Jesus, I never knew you. We, we never laughed. We never laughed together. We never struggled together. We never overcame together. Uh, we never cried together. We, we never held each other all night in the middle of the night. See, here it is. This is how when you know you're connected, you, you, you're saying in the midst of your struggles, you're saying, Lord, I'm about to lose it. Lord, I'm trying to trust you. Jesus said, I know. Keep trusting me. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep meditating. I'm with you. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it. Just keep trusting. Keep taking it one day at a time. And then you and I were saying, Lord, but I'm but I'm struggling. But I love you. And Jesus says, I love you too. And then Jesus says, I demonstrated my love for you by dying on the cross and resurrecting on that third day. Don't be deceived by Satan. He has you on the wrong road and he actually hates you. And he's not going to die for you. Matter of fact, he has you on the wrong road and he's trying to kill you. 
And that's the authentic, transparent relationship we have with Jesus when we just curl up with Christ and we meditate and we, we study the word and we, we, in the midst of our struggles, we're saying, God, I'm trying to trust you. And Jesus is saying, just keep trusting me. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. I promise you, I'm with you. And that's what Jesus is saying. If we ain't hung out like that and your heart hasn't been connected to mine, I don't know you. I promise you, I don't know you. So family, we got to have the authentic, transparent communication and relationship that God desires with us, each and every one of us, each and every day, not the false, deceptive, plastic relationship that the world wants to have with God on their terms. I promise you, God's going to say, Jesus is going to say, I don't know you. That's why David hates the false, deceptive way, because it leads to waste and loss. And then we've gone over before, right after that, verse 24 through 27, Jesus talks about Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus talks about there's anyone who hears these words are like two men. One built his house on the rock and one built his house on the sandcastle. Look how it all goes together. You go from roads, the narrow, difficult road to the broad road that leads to lost and waste and destruction and to hell. False prophets and an authentic relationship either with Christ or with not by doing and practicing what God's called us to do. Or Jesus saying, I promise you, I don't know you. And then you get to the two people that either is going to build there. And here we are, which as we close this out, here's your, here's your choice, here's your decision. Are you going to Go down that false, false road and build your house out of sand. Or are you going to go down that narrow, difficult road and build your house on the rock, which is Jesus Christ? Verses 24, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it talks about the storm came to both. <clears throat> and I'm telling you now, the storm is here. And if you're not built on the rock, if you're not built on the rock, you're on the road that's leading to destruction. You're wasting your time and you're going to lose. And now it's time to get into the correct race, the correct plan and prescribed task, portion, limits and boundaries that God has set. So you and I don't self-destruct and we do complete the will that God has and the purpose and plan that God has for our life. And the rest we'll pick up next week. Let us go ahead and pray. Lord, here we are in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of unrest, in the midst of a, uh, a, a sin problem disguised as a skin problem. And God, you lay before us this morning two roads, one broad that leads to a loss and leads to waste, and then the other narrow that leads to life and Christ. God, help us to beware. Get into the Word so we can discern. As David said, the more he got into the Word, the more he was able to discern the deception of the false prophets and the false way and the counterfeit roads. God, let us get into your Word so we can see clearly God, the last thing we want to hear is you saying, I promise you, I never knew you. 
So, Lord, we we confess and we repent of our our flaws and our sins and our shortcomings. God, we know that we need a savior. And your word says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, God, we want to rededicate our life first. And make sure we're on that narrow, difficult road. So we ask forgiveness of sins. Forgive us for being lazy and not getting into your word and being distracted by the broad road that's leading to nowhere and waste and a lost. And God, let us rededicate and get back on that narrow, difficult road and pray and beg and ask you to show us the prescribed plan and purpose that you have for our life. God, please, we're begging that you show us. And then give us the courage, because we know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Give us the courage so we can walk according to the word of God and the plan that you have for our life and the sweet sweetness of your word. That we can see it at all times, God. So we thank you and we bless you for your word this morning. Thank you for the revelation, Lord, that leads to transformation. And Lord, we love you and we commit to doing the will of God so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, we love you and we bless you. We receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, who's going to judge us as well. Because he can, because he came down here and we'll never be able to tell him he didn't know what it was like because actually he does because he came down here. And was killed and resurrected on that third day for us. So we love you, Lord. We bless you and we thank you for a second chance to get back and to stay on that narrow, difficult road that leads to life. So in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Maybe you hear you saying, Pastor, I don't I'm not saved. I, I haven't been I haven't accepted Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. And and based upon the word of God, not based on my opinion or my thoughts, based on the word of God, you are on that road that leads to destruction. And you will stand before God and try and talk about all your accolades and all the great things you've done. And there's nothing wrong with doing great things. Just make sure you're on the right road as you do them. Make sure you're connected to Christ. Make sure you're intimate with God so Christ knows you. And if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, you're on the wrong road and you're separated from God. You're going to stand before God trying to explain your way into heaven. It can't be explained in. It has to be received through Jesus Christ. So just re repeat these words. It's not it's not complicated. God created you. God knows how to connect with you. Let me say that again. In God's infinite, in, infinite wisdom, he created all this. And then he didn't dummy up. And say, I, I don't know, I, I created everything, but I don't know how to connect with my creation. Yes, God does. He created everything. He knows how to connect with you. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter what you've done because you could never work, work your way into heaven. Get off that broad road and get on the narrow, difficult road. But it's sweet because it comes from God's word. It's a sweet road. Even when life is sour. It's as simple as repeating these words after me. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me so that I could be cleansed. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day, Lord. And then after you re resurrected on that third day, you stayed for 40 days and explained how to get to the kingdom of heaven 
Thank you, God, for making it plain to your disciples. Because they went out, someone touched my life, and now I'm able to touch someone else's life. So, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross and resurrecting, teaching your disciples, and then sending them out and empowering them with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you now, Lord, fill me with that same Holy Spirit so I can live for you. Show me why you created me. And then give me the wisdom and the strength to complete the task, the prescribed task and purpose and plan that you have for my life. I receive you into my heart now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today, for rescuing me today from death, hell, sin and the grave. Thank you for putting me on the narrow, difficult road and taking me off of the broad road that leads to destruction. I love you, Lord. And I thank you. It's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, please, I have information I'd like to send you. Uh, scriptures I'd like to send you and then just recommendations. You want to find a church that's teaching the word. You want to connect with the real people who you know are really Christians, who are really living this thing and practicing it, not just in word, but in deed. And then you want to connect with those folks so they can encourage you because um, God is good. Life is sweet, but there are bitter moments and there are sour moments and there are bumpy uh, speed bumps on this road to where God is taking us. And you need to be encouraged along the way. So, um, family, I, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, remember, if you have any prayer requests, prayer needs, please email us life at southbayalc.com. I can't wait to see you Wednesday night. Please make an effort. It's just once a week and it's in the comfort of your own home. Set that time aside Wednesday night from 630 to 730. Read 2 Samuel chapter 24. It is going to be great. It's the it's 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 a lot of information, a lot of revelation in it. Um, so read that ahead of time and then come and share your insights. And then I want to, uh, as always, thank you for your giving. 